Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Hey, what's good? It's me, Joseph McClendon III, with The Cure for the Common Life podcast. Today, I want to holler at you about something that is sure to bring about some disagreement, sure to bring about maybe even some controversial backlash, as I've experienced before. When I step outside of the norm that I do, which is about personal development, helping people go further faster. And I'm going to start off by saying, if that is the case, if you disagree with me, that's okay. I disagree with a lot of people as well. It doesn't mean that uh, we still can't listen to each other and learn from each other as well. So hopefully uh, what I'm about to share with you will fall on your heart in a way that will, even if you don't agree with me, cause you to think a little bit differently. And after all, that's what this show is all about, is the cure for the common life. And what is common for some of us, for most people, as far as I'm concerned, what is common for most of us is not necessarily moving us into the areas that we want to as quickly as we would like to. And so I'll start off by saying that I generally stay away from these two topics, religion and politics, for obvious reasons. I always want to make sure that I reach the widest range of people. And so it is too easy to offend people, and it is too easy to go against, you, you know, you, especially with politics these days, you'll offend and disconnect from 50% of your audience, less or more, just by choosing a side. So I'm going to start off by saying that nothing that I'm about to say is promoting or indicating that one political side or one political view or one political ideology is better than the other and or that I'm choosing one over the other. Yes, I do have my beliefs about about either side politically. However, that's not what this is about. And I will say that here in the United States, I'm old enough to have seen 12 presidents. There's 12 presidencies since I've been on this planet. And since as far back as I can remember, I've always been an independent. And, and, and by the way, if you're listening to me in another country, Maybe this, and hopefully this is applicable to you in uh, your government as well. But my, my personal belief is, especially in the line of work that I'm in, is that nobody's perfect. And I've never seen one president, no matter how popular or one king or one even dictator, that everybody agreed with what they have to say and or that that person does everything right. And as a matter of fact, because that person is human, their flaws and their quirks and and the things that that have uh, hindered them in their lives tend to pop up as well, some more than others. And so having said that, again, even if I do indicate whatever 
party is in power right now, it is not to cast aspersions on them, just an outlook, if you will, or perspective. (laughs) I guess I spent enough time doing a pre-frame and a disclaimer on that. Let's hop into it. And so I want to talk about what's going on right now. And again, a lot of times people tell me, well, listen, and my producers help me, tell me as well, keep it evergreen, Joseph, you know, because this may be listened to 10 years from now, you know, heaven permitting, and it may be listened to right now. But um, I want to talk about what's happening right now. The date today is July the 26th, 2020. And right now in the country that I live in, United States, we have uh, what I call a perfect storm. And the result of that perfect storm is that there are people protesting in the streets, that there are people that are dying in droves by no exaggeration from a virus. There are people that are unemployed in droves with no exaggeration and economically stressed and hardships are all over the place right now. Now, not to just talk about the negative, but I want to talk about this is what's really happening right now. And of course, at the end of it, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about what are maybe some solutions or some activities and, and processes and, and th- the thing we can do to move the needle going forward, because even this too shall pass. And so I want to talk about something that I call the perfect storm. The perfect storm, I want to break that down and show how what is happening right now is the result of the perfect storm. Several years ago, there was a movie by the name Perfect Storm, and I, I think it was George Clooney and uh, uh, maybe even Brad Pitt. I remember it was a bunch of handsome guys that were in this movie. And the premise of the movie was these men that lived in this fishing village or this fishing town on the east coast of uh, the United States, they were warned. They said, look, there's a storm coming in. Do not go out. And they said, uh, you know what? We've been out in storms before. We're going out. I think they were catching sailfish or swordfish or something like that. We're going out. We're going to be okay. And they went out anyway. And what they didn't realize is there wasn't just one storm. There were three storms. And these three storms started in different areas of the United States, off the, co- off the uh, east coast of the United States, one down in Florida and one in, I think it was in Maine, off the coast of Maine, and one was uh, off of New York, something like that. But whatever, all of these storms converged at the same time, right as their boat was in, in the middle of this convergence. And of course, they all took dirt naps. They all went sunk to the bottom of the ocean because the storm capsized their boat. And so the reason I say that is something, and that's just metaphorically, that is what's happening right now and has been happening for longer than we, most of us are, are paying attention to. And what I mean by that is what has happened when you take a look at a storm, a storm starts as, let's just say, you know, some wind swirling around or weather changing and things like that. But it always starts off small. And it started off long before it turned into a hurricane or a a tsunami or anything like that. If you look at it right now in this country, you look at the storms that we have. We have three of them, three major ones. One of them is uh, this virus that's going around, COVID-19. Now, it didn't just start yesterday. And the warning signs were all over the place. Again, this is just my opinion. The warning signs were all over the place 10 years ago, 10 years ago, when we started having challenges with Ebola and SARS and uh, you name it. And every three, as a matter of fact, more than 10 years ago, as far back as I can remember, there was always a flu season. 
There was always a flu season and we knew it was coming. And when we knew it was coming, we had the opportunity to do something about it. Now, when I was younger, I didn't know what to do about it. And I just accepted it. That's the way that it was. I'm going to get the flu or a cold just like everybody else because that is the storm that comes every year, sometimes like clockwork. And up until the age of about 33, 34 years old, I caught the flu and the cold just like everybody else every single time. And when it did, what did they say? There's nothing you can do about it. And this was, by the way, I come from a long enough time ago that there was no vaccine. There was no flu vaccine. But what do you do? Bed rest, just go through it. Drink plenty of fluids. You're going to get sick. Your bones are going to ache, but it's going to go away. And it always did. Well, when I was about 35, 34, 35 years old, I learned something that it's something that I live by this day, and that is it is your immune system that will determine how uh, that particular influenza is going to affect your body. And so I learned how to take my take care of my immune system, and right away, I have never for 3 decades now I have not had a cold or a flu or any kind of communicable disease whatsoever, not even sniffles. And I'm not saying that to brag or to boast. I'm just saying that there is a solution. I learned how to take care of myself. And as I'm looking at it right now, as I said, this was not something that we didn't see coming. In case you haven't realized it, over the years, and let's go all the way back to, like I said, the bird flu, SARS and Ebola and half a dozen of these other things that would come up every year, every two, three years, and they got worse and worse every single time. And we were told that even the vaccines that we did last last year, they're obsolete and, and you need another one. And don't worry, I'm not getting ready to go into the conspiracy theories or the conspiracies about whether vaccines are real or not. That's not where I'm headed on this. But I am saying... From a standpoint of being able to protect ourselves, we've seen it coming in this country, in in most countries around the world. There are organizations, there are foundations, there are people that are way, way smarter than any of us that knew ahead of time that this was coming and there's something we should do about it for the whole population to take care of themselves. And things were even put in place. And again, I'm not casting aspersions on this particular administration. And I will say that when I say perfect storm with this, it was a perfect storm. Perfect tends to to give it a a, a positive connotation or uh, inference, but that's not what I mean. I mean, things happened that were unfortunate. And these little dominoes that set up that were set up by the canceling of uh, uh, part of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in this country. Some of those things that were left in place by a previous administration and the previous administration before that were canceled. And because that happened, when this thing came around, we didn't have the proper people in place to take care of things and, and blah, blah, blah. And again, please, you know, if you're right now starting to get the, your, your back up and, and the fur on your, on your neck starting to go, well, wait a minute, this, 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 and this, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying the reality is, is we were ill-prepared for it, and that was part of the perfect storm. And because we were ill-prepared for it, and we live in a world right now where the level of health for 75% of the people is way, way below what it needs to be to be healthy, to, to ward off disease. Said differently, our immune systems are compromised to the point that 
Most of us are overweight. Most of us have low energy. Most of us have terrible, terrible abilities to be able to fight off colds and flus. And that's why it shows up so much. And that's why it's hitting us so hard. So now, again, one of the elements of the perfect storm. So we weren't prepared within our, our infrastructure. We weren't prepared as individuals to take care of ourselves. We weren't doing anything along the way. So when this storm came, uh, that's why it's hitting so big right now. And when that storm happened right now, Part of our defense around the world was shelter in place. And again, I'm, I'm talking, everybody knows this, so I know I'm preaching to the choir on a lot of this, but I'm going somewhere with it, so please stay with me. You can probably tell my intensity about this because I'm watching it happen. As we speak right now, I've had nine friends that have passed away from, from uh, this disease. What happened was we were told to shelter in place, and we all went inside. And 90% of people who heard that to this day, to where we are right now, are still sheltering in place, and they've limited their their interaction with other people. Now, things have happened just recently. Well, they started to open up the country again, and people went back out. Well, guess what? Because none of those other things that made this perfect storm were put in place, how to take care of ourselves and all these other things, guess what? It's surging again. And again, I'm leaving out any conspiracies or any of the other things that you might be saying, well, Joseph, what about this? What about that? You know, and the death rate is this, the death rate is that. I'm just saying that it's a very, very real thing that this is a disease and it is affecting people. I've heard people say that, you know what, it's, it's no worse than the regular flu. And that may be very, that may very well be so. But listen, you, when you have a loved one that passes away because of this, does it matter whether it was the flu or something else if it could have been prevented? Whether it was personal prevention for ourselves or prevention by our government and the, and the, and the powers that be. Either way, a death is a death and either way, the disease is a disease. And so 90% of the people, Around the world, did some sort of sequestration, get off the streets, get from around people, get inside. And that fueled another perfect storm because people got inside. And when they got inside, they started watching more television and they started watching more social network and they started watching more media and more news channels and things like that. And then something came up that was the result of the beginnings of another storm. We all horrifically watched a man being put to death by a police officer. Now, again, no matter what you think and no matter what your opinion is on it, that was a very real thing. Right there in living color, right there in our homes, we saw it over and over and over again. And we heard this man begging for his mother and begging for his life. And we watched a man kill another man. Now, that was one thing. That was one element of the second perfect storm. And that element was, it sparked off the people, a a certain percentage of people that were in their homes started to say, you know what? Nope, I'm not taking this anymore. And they got up and they got out in the streets. And they got out in the streets, and as they got in the streets, other things started to surface that, wait a minute, and this is not an isolated incident, here's another incident, here's another incident, and it goes all the, all the way back 400 freaking years in this country of something called systemic racism that brought it to a place over and over again. This is not something new. If you have black skin, you know it's not something new. If you have black skin, you've lived it. 
that you have that fear of being outside, being around because you may be judged. And if you're a black man, you, you may be killed. Now, the people are saying, well, maybe all you had to do was not resist arrest and things like that. Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm somebody who has never resisted arrest. And I've had three, I've had five incidents where people tried to take my life or let's just say violent, violent assaults on me as a result of the color of my skin. And three of those incidents were by police officers. Now, I hold no grudge. I, I go, those individuals are bad. I don't say that the whole system or every cop in there is bad. I'm just saying that it is a, a, a reality. And what has happened, perfect storm, was all the people that were inside that were watching this stuff not only saw the man being killed, but they also started seeing the history of this over and over again. And they started to realize that, wait a minute. This systemic racism that has been going on has been going on for a long time, and it's just not fair. And they started to have something that's called empathy. Sympathy is looking at you and saying, you know what? I feel sorry for you. That's bad. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Empathy means I feel it because I have it inside my heart right now, and and they can relate to it. And so right now, as evidenced by how many, or shall I say, the amount, the sheer numbers and the racial diversity of people that are in the streets and that are protesting and that are standing up for a just cause, if you will, and that is racial equality, real racial equality. A lot of people are recognizing that, wait a minute, you know, this thing that, that we've been talking about, white privilege and so on and so forth and, and systemic racism, it is a very real thing. And, and I, as a good person, I'm not standing for it anymore. So 400 years of that and then several months, a couple months of being up, that produced the second perfect storm. That produced the second storm, if you will, and flooded the people into the streets. And the third thing that happened as a result of both of those incidents, especially the first one, we are in an economical, let's just say, tailspin right now because people couldn't go to work. People were out of work. Jobs went through the floor. Everything went crazy. And because people are fearful in that and not knowing where their next money is coming from, and some people right now not even knowing where their next meal is coming from, are desperate right now. Food lines in this country that I, you know, in my day and age, I never thought we'd see this again. But if you look back in history, we had a Great Depression. In the Great Depression, guess what? There were food lines all over the place. And right around, uh, right before that, guess what happened? I didn't say this before. We saw this coming because there was a pandemic in 1918. 1918, they called it the Spanish flu. Thousands upon thousands of people died. And from that, we learned some things, but we still didn't carry it forward to where we are right now. So that third storm, the economic challenge that was felt around the world, all of those things, all of those storms. And by the way, were we warned? The answer is yes. Let's just take the stock market, for example. I can't tell you how many times I heard that there has never been a bull market that has lasted as long as this goes. And history has shown us that if there's a bull market going for too long, what is going to happen is there's going to be a crash. Now, I don't think anybody would have predicted it was going to be this kind of crash, but it happened. And for those of us that paid attention and knowing that it was going to happen, hedged our bets and allowed us to pivot when it happened. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. And so those three storms, even on their own, would have been catastrophic. But guess what? Just like that boat out there in the middle of the ocean, they all came around at the same time. 
And so that's where we are right now. We are living the effect of a perfect storm. We're living the effect of three storms that have come together. And I'm just saying those three storms. There's obviously others that are going on, and it's compounding, and it's growing, and it's been crazy. And so I always invite you here not just to, you know, bombard you with all the negative and things like that. I also want to give you something that you can use so that you can do what I call ethically capitalize on this perfect storm. What do I mean by that? So that you can do something now because this too shall pass. So that on the other side of this, you're not going to start off at the starting line or behind the starting line. You're going to start off ahead of the starting line. Because people keep saying things like, well, listen, there's a new norm. This is the new norm. This is what's going to be. No, it isn't. This isn't a new, a new norm. What is going to happen? This too shall pass. And when it does, when it's over, you want to be able to look back and say, I'm glad I did A, B, C, D, and that's why I'm thriving right now. Not look back and go, I wish I would have done this when I had the time and I had this opportunity to do that. And so here's what I'm saying is that in the, in 1819, when the Spanish flu, which was uh, then's version of COVID-19, hit the United States in that huge storm. And by the way, there was an economic downfall. There was all kinds of stuff. There was a perfect storm going on then as well. And the administration that was in at that time was not a great administration, if you will. And people disagreed politically. There were mistakes that were made then as well. Remember, nobody's perfect. But here's what I want to tell you that you might not be thinking about. What happened after 1819? It didn't happen right away, but in case you haven't figured it out, in the United States, and by the way, it affected the whole rest of the world, guess what happened? It was a little something called the Roaring Twenties. There was prosperity. There was abundance. There was thriving. And so I'm here to tell you as well, that is what's coming up as well. It might be hard to see right now. You know, I was just talking to my my good friend, Tony Robbins, just a few minutes ago. And he, you know, he pointed out, hey, Joseph, it is crazy out there, isn't it? You know, people fighting in the streets, people riding in the streets. And what we're seeing is 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 crazy. And it's the absolute truth. But the reality is that is that. And with a little help from you and me and everybody around, we can help stimulate people. Starting with ourselves, we can start with ourselves and stimulate ourselves to look for solution in ourselves and in other people as well, so that when this does pass, and we'll help it pass even quicker. And so, what is happening right now? What can you do about it right now? I'm going to give you three steps. Number one, and this is is an obvious one, but is one people are not practicing as much as they could, should, would, and that is to mitigate the fear. Mitigate the fear. And what that means, mitigate means to make less the fear for a couple different reasons. And the best way that you can do that, turn it off, ladies and gentlemen. Turn off the television. Turn off the social that is constantly pumping that stuff in front of you. Am I saying don't be informed? Of course not. I want you to be informed. But it takes you 10 minutes to be informed. You know, I've had the privilege for the for the last several years of, of being on uh several, let's just say well over a couple hundred different news programs and things of that nature. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that they have an agenda. 
and they also have a script that they're going on and they have what's called a news cycle. You can learn everything that you need to know that is critical in those areas that, that concern you and concern what's going on in 10 minutes. After that, it's just going to repeat and you're going to get somebody else's opinion of what they already told you and be smart. What that means is, is you look at it and understand that no matter how thin you slice it, there's always two sides. And I'm going to give you an example. What you're being shown in a lot of cases are looting and rioting and, and violence everywhere. Well, that is a tiny, tiny portion of it. And so that microscope that is focused in on that one little area has the tendency to make other people that aren't thinking go, well, that's the way that it is everywhere. That vast, vast majority of the people that are in the streets right now are peaceful and there's no incidents. Who are being made to believe that all hell is breaking loose and, and everything is upside down. There's, there's hundreds and thousands of people being killed, and that's just not the truth. Now, by the way, I do not, I want to make this clear, I do not advocate or support violence, looting, and any of that stuff out there. That's the wrong way to go about it. But Benjamin Franklin once said, and this is what fueled this second perfect storm, he once said that justice not will not come, change will not come until those that are not affected are just as outraged as those that are affected. And that's what's happening right now. So number one, mitigate the fear. If you got to watch it, do like I do. Watch it for a few minutes and then ask yourself the question, okay, what's the reality? There's two sides of it. And what am I going to do about it? Get away from it. As soon as you do that, because every time you you ingest some of that stuff, that bad stuff, if you will, your brain releases cortisol, which is your stress hormone, puts you in fight or flight. You get unhealthy, your immune system goes down, and we can't afford to do that right now. So stay informed, but be smart about it. Second thing is, number two, look where you want to go. Keep in mind, your dreams, goals, and desires, they still exist. Yes, things have changed. Yes, things will be altered. But the, but the quicker and the more often you look at your vision for you, for your family, and it can be as simple as when this is over, you know, a year from now, two years from now, we're thriving. We have an income of X amount. We have this. Make it up if you have to, but get yourself a plan together to do it. Put your focus there and visit it several times a day. You know, the hardest working machine in my house is my cell phone. Siri, you know, I have an iPhone and Siri, yeah, she just came on just a second ago. Siri is my companion, my reminder, my refocuser, because I'll tell her. You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. <laughs> you heard that. I'll, I'll tell her to remind me to look where I want to go. Remind me to refocus in an hour. And what happens, that alarm goes on and it triggers me to refocus and to go, okay, wait a minute, no matter where I was, let me get back to looking where I was going to go. Because what happens from a, a, a purely psychological and physical standpoint, what happens is where you, when you look where you want to go, your brain releases dopamine. And you get locked in on that and you it'll cause you to do more. You'll feel more and you'll do more. The third thing is this. Find some joy in being a mentor. Now, obviously, I want you to get a mentor and, and I, you know, if I've been helpful, you know, helpful in, for you in any of this stuff and the people that I bring to the stage or bring to this, this show, then obviously learn from other people. But here's the key. Be a mentor. And I don't mean you got to step out and create a business or anything like that. But when I say be a mentor, I mean teach something you already know. For example, if there's anything that you learned from this show that you liked or you didn't like, talk about it. 
That's what a mentor does. A mentor doesn't just sit back on the couch and watch Netflix over and over again, keep their opinion to themselves. Consider other people. You can go to people and say, listen, I just listened to this podcast a little while ago, or I just read this book, or I just learned this from my coach. Let me share it with you because my mentors have always taught me, Joseph, they said, Joseph, you don't know it until you can teach it. There's a couple of things happen as you do that. Again, dopamine release. But the other thing that happens is that you expand your influence in your own world and you become that person, that person in your group of people, your peer group of people that leads the way, that stimulates other people. I mean, stimulate them to do the same thing. Because remember what I said, we all have the ability to impact the world right now in ways that we never did. I can put a post on Instagram and I can instantly reach 70,000 people right away or Facebook or something like that. We all have that ability. So get out there and teach what you know. You know, my son, he's 13 years old right now and he calls YouTube, YouTube University. Because any and everything that you want, you can go there and you can find it. You be one of those people. It doesn't cost you anything to get up there and, and give your opinion. Be kind to people, which is the last step. Be kind. Be kind to yourself and be kind to other people. Lovingly step up. Do acts of kindness. I'm going to give you a perfect example. I live in a gated community here in Newport Beach, California. I noticed a little while ago that, you know, when this thing started happening, the area that I live in is elderly people, a lot of elderly people. And I started noticing that I never see those people out because we get out and we walk and we do things, but I never see those people. So I went and I started knocking on their doors. Come to find out, there are three couples here that can't even get out and get food. And so what I regularly do is I stop in and I go, listen, I'm going grocery shopping. Can I pick something up for you? When I mentioned that to one of them, she started crying. She brought her, 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 her husband to the door and they started crying as well. We need more of that right now. Be kind to other people. Be kind to yourself and be kind to other people as well. That's how we change the narrative. That's how we change the world. And lastly, I'll say this, you know, you always hear this, I'll say it at the end of this, that life is exactly what you dare to make it. And so dare to do those four steps that I talked about, dare to step outside of your comfort zone, dare to step outside of what is normal and do something different. As we help other people, we help them, we help ourselves as well. You see, the spoils in life don't go to those that just want something and desire something. The spoils in life go to those who do something about it. Life is much simpler than we've been led to believe. And those of us that dare to dream while the rest of the world is having a nightmare, you're not only going to create the things that you want for your life, those four things that I said, you're not only going to create the abundance that you desire and that you deserve, but the greatest part about it, my friends, the greatest part about it is, is that we become beacons of possibility to lead the masses. And right now, never more than in any time in my life, we need leadership. Be one of those. Lastly, I'll say thank you. Thank you for allowing me to spout my uh, ideologies and my beliefs about things right now. If it makes sense for you, that's great. Please comment and let me know your thoughts on it. I appreciate you. I love you. And lastly, life is exactly what you dare to make it. And fortune favors the bold. And the trick to life is to boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. I look forward to serving you again, and I will see you at the top. I am out. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of The Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.